I'm gonna hand to Greta to say hi. She's got a prophetic word to share with you. Then I'll come back and share something as well. Yes, thank you. Well, it, it's just so wonderful to be back in our, our home church and among our family again. It's, it's a great joy. It almost feels a bit surreal. Um, but something, uh, this is a prophetic word that came to me just before we left for, for the UK. In fact, um, it was in, 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 in late March. And um, I feel it is a, it's a church for us, for Church Unlimited across our campuses, and also um, for the churches of New Zealand. And it's called Fire on the Altar. Fire on the Altar. Come to the altar, the secret to burning. Bring a log, the key to climate change. And the Lord brought two highlighted scriptures to me and a few days later, a related vision. And the first scripture is Leviticus 6, 12 and 13. And here are a few extracts. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Each morning, the priest will bring fresh wood to the fire. Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. The second scripture is Romans 12 verse 1. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Every believer in Jesus Christ is both a priest and a sacrifice on the altar. And there are two things that I feel God is speaking, especially through this. There are other things. But firstly, Jesus is calling us all to come to the altar. Come afresh. Bring yourself afresh in full surrender as a living sacrifice. Um, There are new depths of surrender. Jesus is desiring radical surrender. And this is a a willingness to let it all go, to lay all your plans, your own ambitions, etc. at the cross. A willingness to crucify the human flesh and a willingness to live that pure, holy life that so pleases our Father. You know, on our wedding day, David and I um, had a theme song and with these words in it, Jesus, all for Jesus, all I am and all I have and hope to be. And, and God desires that to be the, our heart's attitude. And when, we, when we, we give our everything to Him, we are declaring that Jesus is truly Lord of our lives. And He's inviting us to truly make Him Lord of our lives. It is actually the key to the fullness of life and freedom and everything else. It is a wonderful thing. But besides that, come to the altar and the fire of His Spirit will keep burning in your heart. As you maintain that that humble prostate posture or attitude of the altar, Lord will keep imparting fresh fire that will burn higher and higher. And you and I, we will stay on fire for Jesus and we will set others on fire for Him. Secondly, Jesus is calling us to bring a log. 
I know it's a strange phrase, but God repeatedly said the fire must be kept burning all the time. And as his preach, as his priest, each morning, add fresh wood to the fire. Bring a log of prayer. Bring a log of praise and worship. You know, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Offer a continual sacrifice of praise. And the corporate altars across our nation also badly need more logs of prayer and worship for more fire on the altar. Those who faithfully bring their logs keep doing what you're doing. This is a call for more people to also join and bring their logs to increase the fire on the altar of Church Unlimited and across the churches of our nation. Praise God, many of God's people are doing 2 Chronicles 7.14, but prayer needs to increase. Our nation is in a desperate state. Our nation needs you. Um, every sacrifice matters. Every prayer makes a difference. They are powerful and effective. What happens when you bring more logs to the fire? It's the key to climate change. Because God always responds to faithful prayer. More of heaven's atmosphere will be released in the earth. We will see spiritual climate change in our own homes, our communities and towns and cities. And God promises He will heal our land. He will pour out His Spirit on the lost multitudes with a, a widespread spirit of repentance. And this brings me to this vision that, that, that um, I received of New Zealand. Now we know that we are a multinational uh, nation. There are, there are dozens of nations literally who've made New Zealand their home. And in this vision, I saw across New Zealand huge numbers of different tribes and nations on their knees before God in deep repentance. I saw the tears of repentance falling on the land. And as the teardrops fell, the blood drops of Jesus Christ fell from heaven to cleanse and heal the land and its people. And of course, those blood drops are figurative. There was redemption, there was restoration, reconciliation and righteousness. Our land will yield a great harvest of salvation. New Zealand as a righteous nation will be exalted by God if we pray. So keep praying for revival, this great awakening and transformation. We've been singing God has the power to do it. So on your personal altar, on the corporate altar of the church, bring a log and keep the fire burning. Thanks, favorite wife, that was great. <laughs> cheeky boy. It's my birthday today, I'm allowed to be cheeky. <laughs> so it's pretty cool to be preaching on my birthday, I think that's awesome. So, wow. Uh, Last week we were up in Kaiwaka. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on there. Um, but what 
during the worship type, there was a six foot five ex-gang member tattooed from head to foot, dancing before the Lord in worship. And there were a bunch of those ex-gang members we prayed for at the end. Uh, meeting went for three and a half hours. We were praying for them for an hour. And oh man, I could hardly reach their heads. They were so big. But anyway, God's doing, and it's all because they've gone into prayer at a whole new level. Yeah, it's, it's all about prayer. Prayer will do it. Our problem was we, live, we love comfort and ease. I would, I love watching TV more than I do praying. I mean, that's because my flesh is weak, my spirit's willing. Oh yeah, I I, want to pray. So I've got to take my complaining flesh, drag it into the prayer closet and say, you will pray, you will pray. And when I do that, I find the Spirit of God meets me and anoints me for prayer. And it's cool, it's great. But weak flesh will always stop you. So just let your willing spirit overcome weak flesh. Anyway, that's another sermon. So uh, uh, we'll get on to today's Rediscovering Jesus the Christ. Just before we do, we discovered the British love books. We took our three books, Hope, Afterlife and How to Pray. And they're in the foyer for you today if you wanna get a copy. We took them up there. We had to do three print runs. They go mad on books. It's like crazy. And one of the books they really went after this time was this one. Hope, finding the gateway to a better future. People are losing hope all throughout our nation and the UK and the church. We are those that are meant to overflow with hope. And, and, and I, you know, this, this book is written to help light a fire of fresh hope, how you get hope, how you can be strong, how you can get it back if you've lost it, how you can discover in valleys of trouble gateways of hope. So uh, I'd really encourage you, if you want a bit of fire of hope in you, because doesn't it say faith gives substance to what we hope for. So if you don't have hope, you're not gonna have faith. So anyway, have a look at that and and get that fresh fire. Rediscovering Jesus the Christ. We worship Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of us think Jesus Christ is a name like uh, Christian name, surname, like David Peters, first name, second name, but that's not the case at all. Christ is not Jesus' second name. It's a description of who He is. In fact, it, it really means Messiah. So when we say Jesus Christ, we're really saying Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. But what does that mean? Well, a Messiah means a deliverer. And He is the one that delivers the world from the curse of sin and the fall. And He died on a cross to redeem our creation back to a paradise state and to redeem lost humanity back to Father God. And that is what a Messiah does. And we need to understand that there are four dimensions of who the Christ is. And we're gonna just look at those. Number one, Jesus is Saviour. You knew that, but here it says in Ephesians 2, 2 to 5, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. And by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and He loves loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. I've shared on the Scripture 
I don't know, a couple of years ago here, but I just want to unpack it a little bit this morning. We read that and we think that's, that's nice, that's great. We don't know how great that is because often we don't know how bad the bad news is. See, the Gospel is the good news. But in order for there to be good news, we have to understand first there's bad news. And folks, there's bad news. There's really, really, really bad news. And the bad news is that our sin separates us from a holy God and everybody on planet Earth has sinned, i.e. broken God's commandments, of which there are 10 and all of us have broken more than one of them throughout our lives. And God is so holy that if even one sin is committed on a person's life that separates us from God for Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and you say but only one sin yeah you talk to Adam and Eve when you get to heaven they'll tell you one sin cost them paradise one sin cost them relationship with God one sin brought a curse on planet earth and if you die in that state where that sin is still on you and never been forgiven then you will stand before God because the Bible says it's appointed for people to die once and after that comes judgment. You die, your spirit immediately stands before God and He makes a determination, a judgment, in other words, whether you're allowed into heaven or not. And the key thing is if there's sin on your life that's never been forgiven, He will say, by my justice, I am obligated to not allow you into here. My plan was that you would spend eternity with me, but because that sin has never been forgiven, I must send you to a place absent from my presence. And any place where God isn't is hell. Because there's no joy, no peace, no love, no community, no hope, nothing but torment and regret. And most people in our world have no clue about that. They gamble that when they die, maybe they'll get into heaven if they believe there's a heaven or if they believe secular humanism, they'll believe that when I die, there's nothing. But we know that when you die, there is something. Hallelujah, there's heaven or hell, our choice. And God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves there because they refuse to allow God to cleanse them from their sin. And how does that happen? When you turn to Jesus Christ, because we read there in the Scriptures, God was so rich in mercy, He doesn't want anyone to end up in hell, doesn't want anyone to perish. What does He do? He sends His Son, Jesus, the Messiah, the Holy One, the sinless One, the perfect One. God in a human body comes and walks among us, shows us what God is like, says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Peter said, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we can be saved except the name of Jesus. And when you turn to Jesus, you believe He died on a cross. Why? He was taking the punishment for all your sin and mine on Himself. He was shedding His blood to wash you and me clean. He has died for the sin of all humanity. All 8 billion people currently living on planet Earth, Jesus has died for them. The potential is there for their sin to be forgiven, but it requires that they turn to God. 
Paul said, I've had one message for Jews and Gentiles alike, the necessity of turning from sin and turning to God and of having faith in Jesus Christ. And when we turn from say, God, forgive me. I don't wanna be a sinner. I don't wanna do that stuff anymore. I turn to you and I receive you into my heart. The Bible says as many that believe that Jesus is the Christ and who receive Him into their lives, He gives them power to become children of God. And so it's your faith in Jesus that makes you totally holy and acceptable in God's sight. And because you have faith in Christ, then if you died and stood before Him, He'd say, welcome. You have allowed the blood of my Son to wash you clean. You've trusted in my Son. You've believed in my Son. You've received my Son into your heart. That is why you are a child of God. I am your Father, so welcome home. And when God looks at you because of your faith in Christ, He sees you, sir, totally perfect, totally perfect in His sight through your faith in Jesus. But you say, but I'm not perfect. No, because we're all on a journey. Remember, I'm talking about your position. You're talking about your condition. It's not your condition that saves you. It's your position that saves you. And your position is accessed through faith in Jesus. When Jane, my first wife, was alive, we, we lived in a cul-de-sac on the North Shore. There's 11 other houses or 10 other houses beside us. And we made it a real goal to uh, really try and reach our neighbours. So I would prayer walk the street once a week. It only takes two minutes to walk a cul-de-sac. It was real easy. And, uh, and we would do stuff with our neighbours. Like, you know, we'd try and have meals. And, and then if they were going away, we'd try and look after their property and their pets. Do all that stuff, you know, just to reach out and build relationship. And, and, and then, you know, kind of many years later, we, we left that area. But uh, one family, a Korean family came to Christ, another young man came to Christ and that seemed to be about it. But about 15 years later, I get a phone call from one of the neighbours, still living in the street. It's from the wife and she says, uh, I won't mention his name, but she says, uh, my husband has been diagnosed with a brain tumour. Would you come and visit? So Greta and I went to see them and hadn't seen them for 15 years, as I said, and, you know, I just shared how Jane had passed away and soon after she died, uh, a friend of ours was having an operation and under the anaesthetic, a spirit went into heaven and, I, you know, she said, hey, you know, I saw Jane up there looking young and radiant. Jane had multiple sclerosis. She was in a wheelchair for over 20 years, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything, but she was in heaven. She was fully restored, young again, uh, you know, fully healthy, completely like, you know, radiant, glorious. And so I shared that with this man. And, you know, we prayed for him. But months later, we got a phone call to say he's now in a hospice and he hasn't got long to live. So Greta and I went to see him. And uh, and so there were some people there, they left the room and and we said to him, you know, can we talk to you? He said, sure. I said, I wanna tell you, there's bad news and there's good news. Here's the bad news. And I told him what I've just told you. I said, but here's the good news. Jesus Christ can save you and forgive you and cleanse you. He said, I've never forgotten in these many months, what you shared about Jane, it has stuck with me. I said, do you want to receive Jesus? He said, yes, I do. 
And so Greta and I led him in a prayer of repentance and it was maybe a week or two later that he, well, I'd have to say, went home to be with the Lord because he'd given his life to Christ, hallelujah. You see, all those years in the street, it looked like nothing was happening, but seed was sown. Why did they ring 15 years later? Come on, seeded, they knew we believed in God. They knew something, they saw something and it took 15 years for that seed to germinate in the midst of a crisis. And, and I, you know, most of you are saved and if you're not saved, well, we're gonna give opportunity for you to receive Jesus at the end of this message. But um, all that to say, you might be saved, but you've got loved ones that aren't yet. And we've got to up our level of prayer for them. Come on, we need to be praying for those. And sometimes it takes years and decades to see our loved ones saved. But keep praying. The fervent prayers of righteous people are powerful and effective. So Jesus is our Saviour. Number two, Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our healer. Matthew 4, 23, Jesus travelled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And He healed every kind of disease and illness. I love that, every kind. If you read the Gospels, Jesus spent 60% of His ministry healing the sick and setting demonised people free. It's God's nature to heal. Jesus still heals today. Greta's gonna come quickly and share a few testimonies of what we've been seeing. But basically for the last 14 or so years, we've been running schools of the supernatural uh, on weekends in many churches in New Zealand and overseas. And in those schools, we teach people how to pray for the sick. And, and we just see scores of people healed. And the majority of the healings are, 90% of them or more are when the people pray for one another. So you're gonna share a few of those testimonies, eh honey? Well, this first one is a um, what happened at, at a, a school of the supernatural here in Auckland earlier this year. And this person had caught COVID around Christmas time. Now, she'd never had asthma in her entire life. But post-COVID, she developed constant um, asthma-like breathing problems. And then somebody prayed for her and God touched her. And since then, she has enjoyed absolutely normal breathing. And then when we were um, in one of the the churches in the UK recently, um, I just sensed that um, God was gonna heal someone with long COVID in that meeting. And, they were, and a young woman came forward and she'd been suffering from long COVID for many, many months and it had really badly affected her. She had constant heart pain and serious breathing difficulty. She was a singer and she actually couldn't sing at all. She just didn't have the breath for it. And then she just wrote this email to us after. I mean, we could see the power of God come upon her. And she said, um, as Greta laid hands on me for healing, I could feel a soothing heat coat my heart and chest and the heat lingered for the entire day. The next day, I felt no pain and need for medication, and I still have not had any sharp pains that I was experiencing prior to the weekend meeting. I've shared my healing testimony with non-believers, family, and friends, as this is a testimony in itself. I actually started singing practice this last weekend, and I feel my lungs getting stronger with singing. Isn't God so good? 
But what something I really sense that, that there, there's somebody listening online today, um, or it might be here in the meeting, that you have long COVID and that Jesus can heal you today like he did for these people. Um, and this is, is quite an unusual word of knowledge at, at a church in London where we were doing another school of the supernatural. It comes from a nursery rhyme I hadn't thought of in years, and I think many of you will know it. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, eyes and ears and mouth and nose. You know it? <laughs> well, I felt Jesus said that those that have problems or injuries or issues in those areas, he was gonna heal today. And I actually feel God wants to do it again right now, okay? Um, and this is what happened as the people prayed for one another in this London school. Many healings occurred and God healed conditions and injuries in every single one of those body parts of that nursery rhyme. I'll give just some examples. Um, headaches were healed, painful joint and muscle problems in shoulders, knees and feet were healed, blurred vision became clear, sinus issues vanished, etc., etc. So shall we believe God to do it again? You know, we prayed for one pastor's wife. We, we noticed she was coughing all the time. About every five seconds, she would cough. And, um, and I said to her over lunch, I said, well, that's a bad cold you got. She's not, it's long COVID. I've been coughing for two years, every five seconds or so. And she lost her taste and smell and there were other issues. And on the Sunday, we anointed her with oil and prayed and broke that. The coughing stopped and it's never reappeared. Over lunch, she started to taste. I think she might have tasted the broccoli, which was unfortunate, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that might have been the strongest flavour. But hey, we, we felt that Jesus is healer. We just don't want to preach about it. We just want to release His healing anointing. Uh, we don't have time this morning to get you to pray for one another, but we do have time to ask King Jesus just to touch you corporately. So if you have a healing need in your body, uh, you know, the nursery rhyme or some other condition, you're in pain, why don't you just stand to your feet right right where you are, and we're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to touch you. Mm. And if you're online, would you please stand up in your living room or wherever you are, Jesus is right there, He's present everywhere, and trust Him to touch you as well. And you know, don't just hope, really believe today. Um, some of you have got conditions you won't know um, until you get a medical test or time whether you're healed. Others of you, many will have conditions where as Jesus touches you, change will take place. And, and could I encourage you as we pray over you now that you would exercise faith as we release his healing anointing by moving something, doing something you couldn't do before, you know, if, if you couldn't move some part of your body or whatever. Just, just as you move, often power is released. So Holy Spirit, we honour your beautiful presence. You come, Holy Spirit, to minister the presence of Jesus to the church in power and in purity. And Spirit of God, you're hovering over this meeting today. And we honour King Jesus in this place. Lord Jesus, we thank You that You are our healer. And in these next few minutes, we pray that You will lay Your hands by the power of Your Spirit on every person, Lord, standing for a healing or a miracle. 
Thank You for the miracle of cancer healed we heard this morning. Thank You, Lord, for these other healings that we've seen. But Lord, would You do it again today? Those are now historic testimonies. We pray for new testimonies of Your power this morning. Uh, If you haven't already, why don't you put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing? Uh, If you can't reach that part or it's all over your body, just put your hand on your heart. We are gonna release the anointing of Jesus right now in this place. Thank You, Jesus. Jesus, You are revealing Yourself as the healer and the great physician in Your compassion and Your power. And in Your mighty Name, Jesus, I release healing anointing across this room and to those listening online. In Jesus' Name, receive Your healing. Be healed. We take authority um, over every spirit of affliction and infirmity, over all pain and every single condition and injury. Be healed in the Name of Jesus. By Your mighty power, Lord, touch Your people. Just break every spirit of infirmity, affliction, injury, accident ongoing illness in the Name of Jesus within the sound of our voice. The Lord Jesus rebuked that spiritual attack. I'm not saying it's every sickness is due to demonic, but sometimes friends, when healing doesn't come, there's a buffeting spirit. And I feel like there's demonic spirits that have been buffeting people with sickness and infirmity, injury and accident, trying to slow you down. And the Lord Jesus break the power of that spirits of infirmity off you right now. Now we release His healing anointing all through this room. The Spirit of the Lord heal you. Be pain, go now in the Name of Jesus. High blood pressure, cease in the Name of Jesus. High cholesterol, cease. Blood disorders, the Lord is healing right now in the Name of Jesus. Everybody with a blood disorder, believe for your healing touch right now. Back conditions, lower back, upper back, shoulders, in the authority of Jesus' Name, move your back right now. And Lord, let healing power flow. Let all the pain go in Jesus' Name. People with injured knees or painful knee conditions, the Lord heal you right now. Somebody, you're feeling like a hand clamp around your knee. That is Jesus touching you and healing you. Be healed in the Name of Jesus. And there is someone with cancer here as well. Be healed. The Lord Jesus Christ Break the power of this cursed disease and set you free and be healed. God is doing for you what He did to our precious sister, the testimony who you you heard. Be healed in Jesus' Name. So right now we just release a wave of the anointing for healing all through this room. You know, three of the gifts of the Holy Spirit of faith, miracles and healings. Just receive His gifts, receive that anointing. Let the power of God go through you right now. Just try and do something you couldn't do if it's that kind of a condition. May the power of Jesus go through you right now and touch you. Sometimes we find healings delayed. People discover hours or a few days later they've been healed. Other times it's immediate. Some people get partial improvement in a moment like this. And as they keep thanking God, they get it to 100%. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. 
How many of you felt God's power go through you as we pray? Just lift your hand. A number of you would have felt nothing, but uh, some of you would have felt the power. Just lift your hand up high, wave it up. Yeah, quite a number of you. Uh, how many, just check yourself out. How many, there's some kind of improvement in your body. Just raise your hand and give us a wave. Come on, there's some hands here and there and there and over there and down the back there and, and up there. Yep, and over this side. You see, God's doing something. So Lord, just another wave right now. Another wave. Come on, God has started to heal. So we release more, more Lord, more power, more presence of You in the Name of Jesus. All through this room. Thank You, Lord. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you. Hey, when you discover you've been healed, can you just let the office or somebody know and testify of what God has done? I know a lot of the conditions you won't know until time or a medical test, but let's really believe the Lord, amen. Number three, Jesus is not only Saviour and healer, He's baptizer in the Spirit. Matthew 3.11, I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who's more powerful than me. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Listen, you can hear Pastor Tark and Sam tell you and Jody, the fire of God and Greta, the fire of God's being released and we need to get that fire. But listen, you get it from Jesus. You get it for, you don't get it because we get up here and exhort you. That's, we hope the Holy Spirit speaking through us. But that by itself, what you hear from the front here will not by itself light a fire. So when you go to Jesus, when you say, Lord, baptize me afresh with the Holy Spirit and fire, it's not just historic. It doesn't just happen once. We need to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, fresh fire, fresh anointing, fresh oil. I was telling Pastor Tark on a Zoom call the other day, God is releasing fresh oil and new wine into Church Unlimited. New wine, a new flavour is coming out of this place. Fresh oil to do what He wants. Well, you add oil and fire together, you get heat, you get light, you get something good. You see, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Because if you don't have Him living in you, you're not a believer. And that's the beautiful thing that happens when you give your life to Christ. The Spirit of God, who's our helper, come, He lives in us, He indwells us, and He begins to change us from the inside out. But when you get baptised with the Spirit, the Spirit comes upon you in power and flows out of you like a river to bless other people. And salvation by faith, the, the uh, repentance and faith in Christ, Baptism in water and baptism in the Holy Spirit are our Christian initiation. Those are the three things. Now you're saved by repentance and faith in Jesus, irrespective of the two baptisms. But those two baptisms help initiate you into this Christian walk. To go through the waters of baptism is to declare, I am done with the world. I am dying to the world. I've been buried with Christ, crucified with Christ. I'm coming up out of those waters as a symbolic act. I'm raised to life with Jesus Christ. The moment you go through the waters of baptism, something changes. And then when you're baptised with the Holy Spirit, you're empowered to serve Him through your life. And those three things, those two baptisms should happen real close to our salvation. They shouldn't be separated by years and years. 
Now, I know many fine Christians that have just believed in Jesus. They may not have gone through the waters of baptism. They may not have been baptised with the Holy Spirit. And that's fine. They can live a pretty good life. But listen, I think God wants us to be maximum Christians, not minimum ones. So if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, why don't you ask your home group leader, your life group leader, would you guys pray for me? Ask your youth group leader, ask somebody, or just Greta sought God on her own and God filled her in her bedroom like that, just spoke in other tongues. Tonight, we're going to, uh, we're going to do the session that we were supposed to do at New Zealand and beyond, but we had COVID, so we only could watch online. It's called Prayer, Prophecy and the Coming Jesus Revolution. And, you, and, and at the end of it, we're going to ask Holy Spirit to fill people. So that's tonight. And finally, Jesus is coming King. 1 Thessalonians 4, 14, 16 through 18 says, For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with Him the believers who have died. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Wow, He's coming again. And when He comes again, He's gonna rule the nations with a rod of iron and the Kingdom of God will be fully manifest on earth and a world in which righteousness dwells will begin to be formed. In fact, later on, He creates a new earth and new heaven and those that believe in Him, if they die, their spirit goes to heaven, their body's in the grave. When He comes back, your body gets raised out of the grave, reunited with your spirit in heaven. You've got this glorious resurrection body that'll live for eternally, never get old, never get sick, never get tired, never never go through pain or injury, probably not even need to sleep. This glorious resurrection body, like Christ, you're going to reign with Him and rule with Him forever and ever. Wow. He's going to come back and destroy His enemies. And when He comes back, it's judgment day and He separates the righteous from the wicked. That's why it pays to be in the Kingdom of God. He throws the devil in hell where He's going to spend eternity. And I haven't got any more time to say that, but I have I've got this book out there called Afterlife. If you need to know more about Jesus' return and everything He's gonna do, get a hold of that book. It will light a fire of hope in you because we ought to be those looking for the coming of Jesus. It amazes me the number of Christians that are just blindly living for today. Now, I know we should live for today well, right? We should steward the time here that God gives us on earth. We have hopes, we have aspirations for vocations, for desires of our heart for this life. And Father is a good God. He wants to bless you in this life. He wants it to be fulfilling. He wants you to be blessed. He wants to serve you. He richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. That's what the Apostle Paul said. But Jesus said, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. We've got another world coming. We've got a King coming back. We've got a Saviour, a healer, a deliverer coming back. Hallelujah. He's not coming as the suffering servant next time. He's coming as the conquering King. He will destroy all His enemies and you and I will reign and rule with Him. That's the hope you and I have. And again, a lot of people out there, they have no clue. They are panicking. 
Is the world burning up with climate change? I like climate change, heavenly climate change, atmosphere of heaven on earth. Come on. You know, it's so amusing to me. People think climate change is due to cars, coal and cows. Might be a factor. How many know Jesus said the nearer we get to His coming, the the weather's gonna go crazy. The roaring of the seas, signs in the heavens. That's what we're seeing. Uh, We should be responsible as Christians to look after the world in which we live. But I wanna tell you, it's gonna get worse, folks before it gets better. And all points to Him coming back. Earthquakes, famines, wars, rumour of wars, roaring of the sea, signs in the sky, pestilences, all those things simply point to the day He's coming back. So what sort of people should we be? We should be those that tell others, Jesus can be your Saviour, your healer. He can fill you with the Spirit. He is coming back again to create paradise on earth. Of the increase of His government, there shall be no end. Now things are tough. Jesus said here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I've overcome the the world. Raise your hand if you're here on earth today. Okay, about 80% of you, that's good. Not sure where the rest of you are. But if if you're here on earth, there will be times you and I will have trials and sorrows. But He then said, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Come on, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And how, how you navigate through the troubles of life will determine your level of reward in the resurrection and in the new world. Because this is what Paul said, and I'm closing now, to Corinthians 4.17. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. I know what you're thinking. My troubles do not feel small and short. They feel heavy and long. And I've been through troubles like that and greater. And I know many of you can say that, but listen, in the light of forever, they are short and they are small. In the light of paradise and the heavenly city coming down out of earth, out of heaven on a new earth and us reigning with Jesus through all eternity, in the light of that, yes, they are short, they are small. And the how you navigate through, not getting offended with God, but saying, God, walk with me through this valley. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, You guide me in paths of righteousness. Though I walk through the valley, son, with the basketball cap and hot, that you're walking through a valley right now, I tell you, Jesus is going to get you through it. He really is. He will transform that valley. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me with favour and provision. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on. Hallelujah. I tell you what, you go through a valley one day, you're gonna be in the house of the Lord forever. And how you handle that valley will determine your level of glory in the house, in the eternal house. That's how it goes. I don't like suffering 
at all. In fact, I try and run from it. I've suffered a lot, too much pain in my life already. But Greta and I have learned to know that whenever something happens, you're with us. He will turn it. He will turn it to good. No weapon formed against us will prosper. God works everything together for good with those who love Him and according to His purpose. You will get through and it will be worth it. You too, Peter and Alison, you are, you are investing in your eternal future by all that you're doing now. Your Aaron's and hers are lifting up the hands of others. Your stalwarts in the Kingdom of God. You are stable, strong people and you, you're willing to serve and do things that a whole lot of people would have no clue about. But your heavenly Father's taking note and writing it all down. And on the day that He opens His books, He's gonna say over your lives, well done, well done. So you just keep going. You're good people. Come on. Music team, if you wanna come back, uh, thank you.